Everybody that wants to move in the more prosperity, shout amen. amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I want to ask you to open your Bibles this morning. We're going to continue in and talking. But the first thing we need to realize is Proverbs chapter 10 is God wants us to have more than enough. Everybody that believes that, shout amen. amen. Now, now look, look at me. I'm not even talking about just enough. He is not El Goodbye. He is El Shaddai. The Bible says that God has given us power. And I, you know, listen, I understand the religious resistance to this. I understand that. Because for the first 16, 17 years that Tiz and I pastored, we were taught against prosperity. We were taught. I, I was listening to a, a guy on the radio coming in the church a couple months ago, and he's talking about, now if you give, it shall be given unto you. And he said, God will open you the window. And he said, now I'm not talking prosperity. And I thought, yes, you are. You, 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 you can, you know, if that thing's clucking and laying eggs, you can call it you can call it a seal if you want, but it's a chicken. When you're talking about give and it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down, that's prosperity. Somebody say amen. amen. See, we got to get rid of that religion. You know, say, well, I've seen people misuse prosperity. I've seen people misuse grace. We're saved by grace, not, not by works. Amen. But that's not an excuse to go out on your wife. I've seen people abuse scriptures on how you're to dress. Amen? Well, you ladies can't wear makeup. Please, ladies. Please wear makeup. Everybody wants mama looking good, right? But because of that misuse, the devil has used that to keep the wealth of the world out of your hands and in the hands of those that aren't doing anything with it. The wealth of the wicked is about to be placed in the hands of the righteous, but that means that you and I are going to have to understand that it is our Father's good pleasure, good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Now give me a real loud amen. You've got to understand, you cannot be double-minded in that. If you're double-minded, the Father will put it in your hands, and you'll think, well, I don't, I don't deserve. Well, what if I get blessed and I backslide? I've seen people get married and backslide. God's still for marriage. Oh, I need a better amen on that one. I've seen people get healed and backslide. God's still for healing. See, you can't, you can't take, let people take doctrines and our, our scriptures and make doctrines up. Okay, you can't let them do that. Beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health. That is the exact, come on, give me an amen today. I would above all things. See, I, I look at that and I, I, I don't wonder if when I wake up tomorrow, I wonder if God wants me to prosper. I wonder if God wants me healed. See, there's a lot of that doctrine going, well, God will do this to teach you. God doesn't have to take your health or take your money to teach you a lesson. Say amen. My God, you you don't stick your child's finger in a flame to teach it not to touch fire. You gotta get rid of that stinking thinking. 
My God is a good God, and he's good all the time. Now, if we happen to stick our finger in the flame, he'll come on and heal it and put salve on it and say, now, don't do that anymore, and we'll learn from it, but he does not do those things to us. There are people in this building right now, God, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. There are people in this building right now, there are people watching by television right now that you lost money or you lost a business or you lost finances. And somebody religious told you that was God doing that to you to teach you something. No, no, no. God will teach you in... The Bible does not say praise God for all things. Oh, man. uh, Do I need to go there? The Bible does not teach us to praise God for all things. He teaches us to praise him in all things. Oh, come on, somebody. Help me now. That's a big difference. The doctor comes and says, and this will not happen to you. Say amen. Amen. But the doctor comes and says to somebody, you got cancer. You don't go, oh, praise God for that. No, you praise God in that. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. You don't pray, if you praise God for cancer, then how can you ask him to remove something he gave you? We don't praise God for everything. It's the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's the devil who comes to destroy our marriages. It's the devil who comes to put sickness on us. It's the devil who comes to, to, to rob us. It's not the Father, but what the devil's doing, we praise God for it, or excuse me, in it, because what Satan meant for evil, God will use it for good. Somebody shout amen. Say this out loud. My Father does not want me poor. My father does not want me to have just enough. God wants you to have more than enough. Are, are, we, are we clear? If we're clear on that, give the Lord a clap offering. Are, are we clear on that? All right, now look at, look at with me in, in Proverbs. Did I already have you go there? Proverbs chapter 10. Look at verse 15 here. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Can I get down to where we live? Now we're talking about, and I'm going to show you something here in a minute, but we're talking about rich people that are serving God. Rich people that are serving God, their wealth is a strong city. See, what does that mean? That means you got, when the, when the electric bill comes in, you got money to pay the electric bill. That means when it's time to feed an orphanage, you got money to help feed an orphanage. That means when the car payment's due, you don't have a car payment because you paid cash. Oh, come on, I need help here. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. How many would like to do more to change the world? All it takes is what? all it takes doesn't take desire you already got the desire everybody say the bible says the bible says money answers money answers that's in the bible oh no prayer answers all things no you there are a lot of people praying for their lord pay my rent god said okay but i got to give you some money to do that oh somebody say amen See, it's like we don't want to talk about money. It's not polite to talk about money. 
It's polite to talk about money if you got it. Having more than enough is a good thing. It's, the, it's in the Bible. The, a rich man's wealth is his strong city. Amen? All of a sudden, gas goes up. Rich man says, so? My God owns the gas. Oh, come on. Somebody help me here. All right, but look at verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Everybody say rich. rich. See, I, I, had a, I had a guy back in the group that I used to be in. They, they, we preached against prosperity. We preached poverty. We preached poverty, and it worked. And, and, and one day I said, the Bible says Jesus became poor so we could become rich. And I said, God wants us rich. He said, it don't mean rich. I said, it doesn't mean rich. He said, no, it means, it doesn't mean rich financially. It means rich in spirit. I said, oh, Jesus became poor in spirit. So you got to read the whole thing. You just can't read part of it and come up with a doctrine. Now watch this. Look at, look at verse, look at verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Everybody say rich. Rich. See, all right, let me back up. Jesus became poor so we could become rich. All right, now Jesus died so you could be forgiven? That's not a trick question. Did Jesus die so you could be forgiven? Are you forgiven? Okay, if you're already forgiven, let's go to the next level. If he died so we could live and he became poor so we could become rich, we've already got life, let's get the riches. Did Jesus die so we could have eternal life? Do you have eternal life? Did Jesus become poor so you could become rich? Then let's become rich. Is anybody getting this thing? Now, let me explain. Jesus did not become poor the way we think. Okay? You know, well, Jesus, you know, our religious traditions cancel the word of God. Well, I just want to be like Jesus, and Jesus was poor. Honey, Jesus never was poor. He was poor on earth in comparison to what it was in heaven. Everybody is poor on earth compared to what Jesus had in heaven. Listen, when Jesus was born, three wise men came and brought him frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Now, maybe you don't know what frankincense is. Maybe you don't know what myrrh is. But does everybody know what gold is? But see, what do we have? We have the little Christmas scene. The little Christmas scene with the little manger scene and little baby Jesus in the manger and the three wise men, they come and bring a little box and here, baby Jesus, here's a quarter for baby Jesus. You got to get rid. I'm going to preach that come Christmas. You got to get rid of that. That is not what happened. That is not what happened. You got to quit thinking like a Christian and start thinking like an Easterner. See, the, the Christian, the, you know, lot, not this church, but a lot of the Christians, they, they look for the smallest bill. Offering came, man, all I got is fives and tens. Oh, here, whew, thank God, here's a one. 
But you got to read the Bible. A man's gift makes room for him. Not the gift of singing or different. Man's gift. Now, that ain't the gift he's talking about. He's talking about a man's gift. No, that's, no, don't look at me like I'm lying to you. That's what it means. A man's gift. I, I had the privilege of going to Washington, D.C. to meet with the King of Jordan. I got invited by, by Benny Hinn and, and John Hagee and several other people to go meet the King of Jordan about Middle East things. You don't go before the king empty-handed. You got to understand, this is a Mideast Bible. This is, not a, this is not a Roman Bible. This is not a Texas Bible. This is Mideast. So when it says a man's gift makes room for him, your gift that you bring before someone says how much you honor him. When we got invited to go to Washington, D.C. to meet the King of Jordan, I didn't run by Kmart. Man, what can, get, him, get him some linen. Get him a plant. No, you got to bring a gift because if you don't bring a gift, it's an insult. Well, if we bring a gift to meet a king, what do you think the three wise men gave to meet the king of all kings? Somebody shout amen. A friend of mine from, from uh, Australia hired these people to, to study this, and they came up that they would come with a minimum to Jesus. A minimum of seven camels loaded with frankincense, seven camels loaded with myrrh, seven camels loaded with gold. And so when they came to Jesus, they didn't come, well, but Pastor Jesus was born in a manger to show poverty, to show humility. No, no, no. Before Jesus went to the main, before Mary and Joseph went to the manger, they went to the Hilton. Why were Mary and Joseph even there? They're paying their taxes. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm, I'm tearing down religious walls. Poor people didn't have to come and bring their taxes. Only people who had to. If you go to Israel with me, I'll show you where Jesus and Joseph had their shop. I'll show you. The, we'll walk on the very stones. We'll walk on the very stones where Jesus and Joseph sold their wares. Walk on the very stone. Just, they just discovered this place a couple years ago. Dug it up. I mean, this, the, 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 the uh, grooves in the stone are still there where the carts would bring the wares. The shops are still there. Just discovered it. Okay, the reason why Jesus was born in a manger is Mary and Joseph first went to the inn, but the innkeeper said, there's no room for you. That is not to teach you and I poverty. That's to teach that most of the world gives no place in their lives for the Messiah to be born in their lives. So in other words, when they went to the inn, either Mary and Joseph had money for the inn... I just, I, just can't, I just can't see Mary waking Joseph up at four in the morning. Wake up, wake up. What is it, honey? We got to get out of here before the bill comes. Get all the shampoo. Get all the little soaps. Ah. Poverty-minded, poverty-minded. Grab the towels. People go to your house, is your name H? 
Is your name West, Weston? Is your name, I didn't know your last name was Hilton, Weston. Some of you, Motel 6. Mary and Joseph had money. Come on, in, now in, don't you hate when I tear down all that tradition? Mary and Joseph had money for the room. He was born in, oh, he was born in swaddling. I'm not even, see, this is the problem with preaching to you people. You draw it out of me. I'm once again not even on my sermon. Jesus was born in swaddling clothes. What, is, what, what do we see in our, what do we see in that little funky church place? Jesus wrapped in rags. No, swaddling clothes. Baby clothes that Mary brought with her. Before she went, she stopped at Babies or Us. Got swaddling clothes. Not right. If Jesus was born in rags, it would have said he was born in rags. Maybe Mary didn't go, oh, here we are in the straw. This is all we can afford. Oh, look, here's some rags to use to clean the pigs. Jesus was not poor. Say this with me. Jesus was not poor. Jesus became poor in comparison for a time. Listen, you know, I don't know if this is a good illustration or not, but it just popped in my spirit. Jesus became, he, he stepped down for a time. But he wasn't poor. And the disciples weren't poor. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000 men plus women and children, 15,000 people? The disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, the people have been here all day. They're hungry. Send them home. Send them away so they can eat. What did Jesus say? What did the, what does the Bible say? Jesus said, you feed them. They didn't go, oh, how much you got? I got a buck. How much you got? I got 17 cents. Let's see, buck 17. Fries. See, you got to read the Bible. You got to quit listening to what people tell you and read the Bible. They said to Jesus, they're hungry. Jesus said, you feed them. What was their next response? Should we go and buy? In other words, they had enough money in the church account to take 15,000 people out for dinner. Come on, somebody say amen. Well, that means that Jesus had people following him who had money. Jesus was never poor. So therefore, when we say, well, we got to be like Jesus, vows of poverty, you need to break that because Jesus always had more than enough. Besides, if nobody gave, Jesus just go to Peter, go catch a fish. Lord, I I, I blew it. What'd you do this time? 
I told them them we'd we'd pay taxes. Go pay it. Can I have some money? No, go fishing. See, here's a great lesson. Oh, Jesus, bless me. Go fishing. Go farming. Don't just sit there and ask for a blessing. You got to go do something. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You cannot be lazy and be prosperous. And and you've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. Amen? Here's Peter down there. Down there at the Trinity River. Somebody walks up. Catch anything? Not yet. Going for bass? No. Crappie? No. What are you fishing for? Tax money. Can I tell you something? That's why you got to watch who you hang around with. You got to watch it. What are you fishing for? Blessing. You got to watch who you're hanging out with. Man, all of a sudden, Jesus tells you to go fishing. Jesus tells you to plant seed. Jesus tells you to farm. And next thing you know, you got somebody, some relative over for, for Thanksgiving. They're going, you got to watch, you got to watch out for that prosperity stuff. You got to watch when people plant seeds in you. My God doesn't want to bless me what I pray for. My God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything I can ask or think. Somebody say amen. Now look at, this, look at this scripture here. Well, let me just say it to you for the sake of time so I can finally get to that. It says there is a, there are, there is a wealth that comes from the Lord and brings no sorrow with it. Say this out loud. We can have it all. Say it again. We can have it all. See, one of the things religion likes to teach us is either or. You either be religious or you go after finances. You either be religious or you be wealthy. There is a wealth that comes from who? Now, let me share something with you that helps people. Because one of the things that always confused me is I saw people prospering that I knew weren't sowing seed. Because we're taught in the church, seed time, harvest time. And I saw people prospering in the world that aren't sowing seed. Listen, it's not only the Lord who makes us rich, but the devil can make people rich. Moses, God said to Moses, throw down your staff. He threw down his stick and what did it turn into? But then the Jannies and Jamborees, the medicine men came out. They threw down their stick. What did it turn into? Snake. The difference is they had two. We had one. But God's one ate their two. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But the thing you've got to realize is the devil has power. But the Bible says there's a wealth that comes from the Lord and brings no sorrow with it. There's a wealth that comes from the devil. There's a wealth that comes from this world system, but sorrow comes with it. There's a lot of people that have money, but they're going home to an empty house. There's a lot of people that have money, but money can't buy you a miracle of healing when your baby gets sick. Anybody, anybody, anybody in this world can make money. 
but not everybody can lay hands on the sick and see people healed. Oh, let me say that again. Listen to me. Anybody can make money. All you got to do is go out there and do it. Anybody can make money. But there is a miracle that comes from the Lord. And when the Lord is your Lord of your harvest, no sorrow, no divorce, no sickness, no, no illness, no child problem. You can have it all. You can have money. And when you're serving God, money cometh to you now. Healing comes to you now. Happiness comes to you now. Joy comes to you now. Peace in your home comes now. Blessing comes now. Peace of mind comes now. Sleep comes now. We can have it all through the blood of Jesus Christ. It is finished. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Have you got it? You, you want me to keep going? All right, now that was all to get to this. Say, I can have it all. See, it's not easy. But listen to me. There are, I'm sure there are people watching right now. A lot of people think that, 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 that do not know the word of God. Said so you got to choose. you got to choose between being successful or choosing serving God. Years ago, I love to hunt. I, I go hunting all the time. I love to hunt. I love it. I love it. I love it. Don't write me any letters. Because after I shoot the animal, I lay hands on them, they get back up. So, But I love to hunt. I love it. And uh, several years ago, some of the men in the church sent me on a bear hunt up to Alaska. And it, it was an expensive hunt. It was, it was, it was you know, a high-end hunt. And, and uh, uh, people that were in camp were people that had money. It wasn't your normal little deer hunt or something. They had money. And so they all heard the preacher was coming in. The preacher, there's a preacher, a preacher. He's hunting and preaching. So when I got up there, you know, I'm, I, you know, I got jeans, I don't have a suit on. I got jeans on and hunting hat and everything. And, and I'm hanging, you know, I'm just a normal guy. Blew their mind. I was a normal guy. I didn't walk in and go, bless you. May the presence of almighty God be in this camp. Amen. No, I'm the same guy here as I am out there. But anyway, after about a week in this camp, there's seven, eight guys in there, all of them very successful businessmen, medical people and stuff. And every one of them, I'd be, we'd be outside somewhere walking, and they all come to me individually. They go, now, uh, uh, Larry, now, you're, you're a preacher, right? And I said, yeah, I'm a preacher. They said, like in a church? I get this all the time, like in a church. I'm thinking, where, where else? And they said, you're like a pastor, like a, like a Christian pastor. And I said, yeah, you know what they said to me? Every one of them, every one of them said to me, well, if you're a Christian, how can you afford to go on a hunt like this? No, absolutely. Because, see, they have in their mind poverty and Jesus are synonymous. But God said, beloved, I would above all things that you prosper. So I got to share with these guys that, w- that when you become a Christian, the God we serve is not a taker. The God we serve is a giver. But I said, not only will he see if these people are already rich, that doesn't connect with them. You understand? Well, God, you know, one guy invented part, a big part of Caterpillar tractors. He, 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 it's all over the world. This guy had, had more than enough money. But I said, but here's the difference. 
when you're serving God, he's the one who blesses your finances and he brings no sorrow with it. In other words, God will not only give you money, but you can hold on to your wife. God will not only give you money, but you can have a healthy body. God will not only give you money. Everybody shout money. Every time I say money, you say money, okay? We, we got it. We got it. It's okay to use the M word in church. God will give you money, but he'll have your kids serving God. God will not only give you money, but your children won't go on drugs. God will not only give you money, but your marriage will stay together. Do you understand what I'm saying? And all, and you know what every one of these guys said? They said, well, I thought if I became a Christian that I would have to give everything away to become a Christian. I said, not only do you not have to give everything away, but God will begin to breathe and multiply on what you already have. Come on, somebody shout amen. God is not a taker. Let, let me say, I'm not even going to, it's too late to get to where I was going. God is not a taker. Why is it God says sow a seed? Why does God say sow a seed? Listen to me. Multiplication. He's not even the God of addition. He's the God of multiplication. When you sow a seed, you sow a seed of corn, it doesn't come up two grains. It comes up multiplied grains. When you sow a seed of wheat, it doesn't come up two wheats. Five grains, it comes up multiplied. But let me show you something here. There, this, is, this is a true story that, that I, I heard years ago in, 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 in some, some desert or some place, but it's a true story. The guy was walking across this parched land, and he came to a well. And there was a, there was a well with a pump on it. And there was a note on a board attached to that pump. And the note said, underneath this rock, dig down one foot and you'll find a bottle of water. And the guy dug it up real quick and man, dying of thirst, and there was a bottle of water. But the rest of the note said, if you drink that bottle, that's all you'll get. And no one else behind you will get anything. But if you pour the bottle in the pump, it will prime the pump and you'll have all that you want, and you'll be able to fill the bottle for the next person behind you. Now watch this. What would you do? What would you do? See, I mean, picture it. Your rent's due. Your car payment's due. Every time the phone rings, your skin crawls. Now, you got a bottle coming in on Friday. And it will quench a little bit, but you know you're still going to be thirsty. Now, I want you to get this picture. I'm going to take a second. Get it. This guy's coming through. He thinks he's not going to make it. He gets to this pump, and here it is. There's the pump. He's been dazed without water. His canteens are empty. His water bags are dry. 
and he has some water. Right? Can you feel it? Now he's either going to go, this will get me through another day, but I have a 10-day journey. Or I'm going to trust this word. If it don't work, I'm empty. But if I drink this, it'll get me through another day, but I got nine more days. So he's going to either go by the flesh or he's going to go by faith. Do you understand? Do do, do you understand? This is it. Why does God say plant seed? Why does God say plant seed? Because it's not your sacrifice. It's your obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice. What does that mean? But God wants to sacrifice. Yeah, but he doesn't need your sacrifice. He can still bring water out of a rock. He can still bring gold coins out of fish's mouth. He can still take a little boy's lunch of some bread and some sardines and multiply it. You know, religion, I don't know if I've ever told you this. You know, the church is so young and I've been preaching for so many years. I was looking for God back in college. And I came that close to being a Christian. But you know what happened? I made a mistake and went to a church. No, it's true. I was looking for God. I was tired of, you know, I, I, I played football and, and, and did this and did that. And, I was success- and something was missing. There's something missing from my life. Dealing drugs, had money, something was missing. And so one day I decided to go and ask somebody about God. So I knocked on a certain church on, on campus. And I talked to Tom, the, the main guy, the, the priest, the pastor, the dude, the head, the, the God man. And I said, I want to know about God. So I knocked on his door. I, I could show, I'd go take a campus, show you where he's at. Knocked on the door. Now, I, I knew Tom because he'd been at some of the beer parties with us. Now, that should have been a hint. I knocked on. I said, Tom, Brother Tom, what can I do for you? I said, I want to know about God. I want to know if there's a real God. What do you want to know? I said, I want to know about a God that does miracles. Does God do miracles? Because, you know, if God don't do miracles, what do I need him for? I mean, if he's just up there and he's not going to help me, does that make sense to you? Yeah. Now, this is a true story. Knocked on us. I want to know, does God do miracles? He said, well, give me an example. And I said, well, I said, the, 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 the Moses and the parting of the sea. Now, I never read the book, but I did see the movie. <laughs> Remember the movie where Charlton Heston got up there? And the sea parted. I said, did God do that? And he said, no. I said, he didn't. He said, no. He said, he said, what, what God did is he said, Pharaoh's army was chasing Moses and he showed them a shallow part. And they all walked across on a shallow part of water. Now, number one, I've been to the Red Sea. I hadn't been to the Red Sea then. That's impossible. 
Number two, obviously, he didn't know the Bible. I didn't know the Bible either because I said, that's a great. And he said, they all walked across in two feet of water. That's what he told me. And I said, man, it's a great. I should, if I didn't know the Bible, I said, that's a greater miracle than I thought. God drowned all of Pharaoh's army in two feet of water. That's what he told me. I, and I said, man, I was, I was kind of bummed out. So I said, what about, what about when, when Jesus prayed over that little boy's lunch? He said, didn't really happen. I said, what happened? He said, well, what, you got to understand, when, back in the, in the days, of the, the Jews would never embarrass a rabbi. And so when, when Jesus blessed the meal, you know, the little boy's, little boy's sardines, the little boy's biscuits, he said, so you wouldn't embarrass the rabbi as they passed around, everybody took a little pinch and just said they were full. I said, well, no, you know, uh, afterwards, now that I know the Bible, I said, number one, you cannot get 5,000 pinches. 15, you can't get 15,000 pinches of a biscuit. Number two, if you've ever been to a church potluck, the single guys are always first in line. And by the time everybody else gets there, the only thing left is lima beans. They don't believe in leaving enough. They're going, man, biscuit, sardine, there you go. But if I, he didn't know the Bible, he'd have known that after everybody took 15,000 pinches, there were 12 baskets full left over. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout, our God's a miracle God. Why does God want our seed. He doesn't need our seed. Our seed is a sign of our faith. If you have a little faith, you get a little miracle. If you have a big faith, you get a big miracle according to your faith. It's a sign of faith. How many believe you're going to heaven? You believe you're going to heaven? Why? Why do you believe that? Have you ever seen heaven? Have you ever been there? Have you ever talked to somebody that's been there? Maybe we heard a story, but we've never been there. But we know that we know we know it's there. Why do you know you're going to heaven? Because the word. Because God said you're going to heaven. Didn't God say, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken. Prove me. Prove me. Prove me. When Tiz and I got married, we lived in an 8 by 17 foot trailer. Eight by 17 foot had a bumper hitch on it. I said, this may be where we're starting, but this ain't where we're staying. We're coming out. How many are ready to come out of where you are and get to where God has already taken you? You just got to catch up. Come on, somebody shout amen. Say this with me. God. Now say it out loud. God. Now say it like the Dallas Cowboys are about to win the Super Bowl. God, who is my father, does not want me poor. Jesus said, Jesus said, he became poor so I could become rich. Somebody's going to get rich. Might as well be. If you believe it's going to be you, give the Lord a clap offering. Amen.